Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Praise God. Um, we just finished Acts. We were in Acts for months. It takes a while to go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, book by book. We're in the book of Romans, and we're starting with chapter 1, verse 1. Let me tell you something about the Word. The Word changes. The Word brings, let me just give you another enlightened synonym of change, and that's transformation. Did you know no matter what people say to deny God, they can never deny the power of a changed life. No matter what happens, they go, no, you're not the same. You're not who you used to be. So it's amazing when your life has changed. Folk, I'm sure folks have told you all that, huh? They're like, man, you guys have changed. It's crazy, though. They'll tell, tell you sometimes, you've changed, but why don't you hang out with us more? It's like, well, that's part of the equation. We're not hanging out with you as much. Because we're changed, and because we're changed, we're able to stay changed because we're being wiser with our time, whatever. But people cannot deny the power of a changed life. God's word, word corrects. It rebukes. It exhorts. It encourages, it builds up, it edifies. It has so many purposes. And God's word answers every situation. One verse says that God's word discerns the thoughts and intentions of your heart. It says that in Hebrews. It's alive and quick and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between bone and marrow. Man, it divides in a clean surgical line to say, this is of God, that's not of God. This is your motive, and that's wrong, or this is your motive, and that's right. God's word has an answer for every situation. That's why we do verse by verse, chapter by chapter, on a Wednesday night. Now, do we get in the word on Sundays? You bet. This is a word church. But I'm encouraging you tonight. Man, I feel like there's someone on the live stream who needs to hear this. I'm encouraging you tonight to get in the word. You've known it for the longest of time now. And it's time to get in the word. God's called you. Don't wait. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Start tonight. Hear this word and then get in the word for yourself. You've got to read the word systematically. Did you know grasshopper reading never helped anyone? I knew a man of God years ago. Amazing man of God. But I don't think he'd ever even read through the whole Bible. Now, if you come in contact with Pastor Fabian, he, he'll go, what? what? You're not reading your Bible? What? What's going on here? What is going on with you? He'll call you out directly. Why? Why is that so important to Pastor Fabian or to me? Why am I always harping on that? Because the word has changed my life. It shows me how to live. It keeps your way pure. Right? It teaches you how to follow the Lord. It teaches you about God. So you've got to get in the word and stay in the word. And I said all that to say, stick with us because Romans is not for the faint of heart. Romans is something else. So it's going to mess with you. And you say, man, well, that's not for me, or that is, but there's always something for everyone in God's Word. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, Scripture says, a slave of Christ Jesus. Remember, by choice, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach His good news. Why do y'all think I have y'all say good news every Wednesday night if I can get it out of you? Because you glorify God, because it lines up with God's Word to say, God did this for me. God's on my side. He's doing, he's working it out, right? He's working for me. He's turning it around like the song said. He's, he's really working in my life. He's changed me and he's changing my situation. God promised this good news, we call it the gospel. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Did you know the word says 
Scripture explains Scripture. The Word says God does nothing without first revealing it to His prophets. So He's always going to give us a warning. He's always going to give us a hint. He doesn't give you all of it. But I remember back in the day, um, I say back in the day, uh, 2019, I think it was August, Dad, start, Dad started saying, hey, everybody get ready, something's happening in 2020. Some people were like, ah, okay, pastor's always saying something now. Well, guess what happened in 2020? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. The COVID, the COVIDia happened in 2020. It changed everything. And then God started speaking to Dad in late 2019, in December, God started speaking to Dad saying, hey, churches are going to start closing down. They're not going to reopen. Say, what is that from God? It happened. It happened in Hobbs. I remember months after COVID, people were yelling, like, are y'all back in church? I'm like, we never left church. Some people said, I don't go to church because of COVID anymore. And I know I've been on this point, on this point. But they ran from the word, yet they could go to Home Depot and Walmart, but they couldn't go to church. People told me, they said, it's not safe. I'm like, you know, give a stupid statement. You respond with a stupid statement. You're not safe. I didn't say that, but sometimes I was all, what? What do you mean? Like, what, what's going on here? You cannot forsake the word. You've got to stay in the word, stay connected. Word, connection, obedience to God's word. Always. The good news is about his son. Who's his son? Jesus, God in the flesh. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. Do you know Jesus, if you study scripture, many theologians will tell you that Jesus was actually the rightful king of Israel at the, that time, even in his physical body. So he was the high priest. He was the prophet prophesied in the Old Testament by Moses himself, the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, and he was the rightful heir to the throne of Israel, all in one. Prophet, priest, and king, like who? Like his great, 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 great granddaddy, David, but better and more improved. And he was the second Adam. He was the total package. You say, the second Adam, yeah, the first Adam messed up, if you recall. Jesus came back and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome sin. I'm going to put it in a death grip and take it to death with me and rise again and crush it. He did it all. And he was shown to be the Son of God. There it is. When he was raised from the dead, in power, some translations say. This translation says, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You try that. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, but it's just going to be three days. I'll be back. And he said it, and it was so point blank and so direct that the disciples didn't get it. Scripture says they didn't understand him. All they could think of is, man, he died. Everybody else who died never came back. So when he showed up, they thought he was a ghost. He even addressed their superstition. At one point he said, I'm not a ghost. Touch me. And he started eating food. Isn't that a way to show people you're not a ghost? What do you got? You got some chilaquiles? Do you have some stuff that we can eat? I mean, what do you got? Some nachos? Let's eat. I'll show you I'm not a ghost. Look at the nail-pierced hands. Here I am. And then he would disappear. He was in a glorified body. All of, all of the strengths and power of God in this amazing form where he could eat. He was both spirit. Guess what? He was, he was both spirit and physical. He was the second Adam. Adam and Eve were designed to be children of two worlds. People forget that. They were designed to be able to hear from God in the spirit, worship him in the spirit, and walk on the earth physically, and Jesus brought all that back. One day you'll have a glorified body like him, and it will be amazing. So he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. That cannot be stated enough. Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, our Lord. 
Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority. Someone say privilege and authority. Wow, it is a privilege. It is a special benefit. And you have the authority. As apostles, look at this. We also get to be messengers of Jesus. He said, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles. That just means messenger. To tell Gentiles, what are Gentiles? Non-Jews. Everywhere what God has done for them. So that they will what? Believe and obey him. Scripture says that over and over again. They heard the word and they believed. Or they heard the word and they blew it off. Didn't believe. But here it says, so they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Did you know when you believe and obey the Lord, you bring glory to his name? And I've been on both sides of this. I've told you guys before, it's part of my testimony. When I was 19, one time it happened, someone told me, you're a Christian? I went, oh, I must not be living right. And around that time, before and after, I was told, oh, man, I know... I know you're a believer. There's nothing like hearing that. It brings glory to God when you live right and you treat people right. And they go, oh, you must be a believer. That's terrible, huh, when they go, <clears throat> you go to church? Where do you go to church? You know, that's terrible. Look at this, though. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. We, there may be some Jewish blood in this room, like I've said before, but most of us are Gentiles, non-Jews. But praise God, we're part of a better covenant now. It's for you, it's for me. And he says, I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. What is holy? Holy is not being religious and pious and going, oh, man, I don't do anything wrong. You know, I wish y'all were more like me. Remember the, the story that Jesus told of the Pharisee who said, oh, man, God, I do everything right. I'm glad I'm not like that sinner. No, you're called to be holy simply meaning you are set apart for service to the king. That's it. You're set apart. You're different. You get to be like God now, Christ-like. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace, two of the most important things in your Christian walk. You believe God, and, and through your faith, grace is activated in your life, and that's God's undeserved favor, remember, and his power to live right. And peace, everybody's looking for peace in the world. Have you ever uh, noticed any actors, actresses, famous people? Do they look like they have peace? You don't have to watch. I don't. There's no way I'm going to watch a reality show with the Card Kardashians. The Kardashians. That's the Latin form of Kardashian. That last name is actually Armenian, I believe. But have you seen their lives? They don't look very peaceful, do they? You can see how they've changed, and nobody knows what the real them really looks like. And I'm not bashing them, really. You say, no, you are. No, I'm just giving you some truth here. And if actors and actresses were so, so at peace, why have they been married seven, eight times? Yeah, he's handsome and he's charming, but man, he can't keep a wife over a year, that famous good-looking guy. And it's amazing to me. You watch their lives, and that's what's being portrayed as this is how you want to be, man. Look, and look at them on Instagram. D boy, they look great, but they're all broken up inside. Because they're not right with God. Man, in Christ is everything. Scripture says in one place, he is your all in all. He has everything you will ever need. He is the all-sufficient Savior. He has it all. You heard Pastor Angel Madera speak recently at our Easter weekend. And he said he's the only, I like, Angel Madera has some powerful 
He's a good friend of mine. He has some powerful revelation. He said, God is the only being in the universe that is completely self-sufficient and all-sufficient. He's so sufficient in himself that he has enough sufficiency to support you and keep you breathing. And he has it all. He has everything you will ever need. And does it mean you won't go through problems? No, you're going to go through some stuff. But in the midst of it, God will give you grace and peace. The world's looking for it, but you can present Jesus and they go, oh, that is a bloody, that is a bloody gospel. That's, oh, how gross. And, and I have sin. Nothing else works for people, though, except for the cross and the resurrection and the truth of God's word. Nothing else works. And I'm going to tell you right now, one day when we stand before God, nothing else will matter. May these words echo into eternity. And man, one day, if you're going through it, you remember the words of this bald-headed preacher, man. And you say, you know what? God's word is right. This is it. It's the only way. He's the only way to get grace and peace. That's it. Let's go on. Let me say first that I thank my God, the Apostle Paul is saying, that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Not just some of you, all of you. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, he's like, yeah, and some of you might get on my nerves, but I thank God for all of you. I'm kidding. I'm just making sure you're awake. Why? Why does he thank God for all of you? And he means it because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Did you know faith is talked about even by unbelievers? Had some guys come to the house to check out a project we had done. And there's a heater and a pump to a certain uh, deal in our backyard. And, and the guys came from El Paso and they're talking to me and they were really cool dudes. They were straight El Paso, too. El Paso folks just have a vibe, you know, just like Al Albuquerque people do. But anyway, I digress. So, so they're talking, and then the, one of the guys looks at me, and he just got interested all of a sudden. We were cool. And he goes, what do you do, bro, for a living? I go, I'm a pastor. He goes, really? That's cool, man. And we talked about it a little bit. So they kept giving me advice and, and talking to me. It was, a, it was a warranty call on some um, equipment. And one of the guys goes, it was so random, but I could see that God was working in and through this guy, and he didn't even know it. And it was in the strangest way. Here's what the guy told me. He looks at me, and he's, he's a tall dude. He looks at me, and he goes, hey, uh, you know, since you're a pastor, the other guy who didn't seem as interested, and he goes, uh, before we go, um, you're, a, you're a pastor. Would you pray? Look at this, how random. Would you pray for the people of Ukraine with us? It's hard to catch me off guard, but I'm always ready to pray. I was like, pray for the people of Ukraine. I thought, man, I'm going to pray these guys a sermon. I learned that from my brother, and there's been other men of God. I'm like, I don't got time. He's asked me to pray. I'm going to just pray him a sermon. So I said, well, let's pray for the people of Ukraine. Go ahead, man. We all had hats on, man. Their hats were off before mine, and I could feel God's presence. And I just reached out for them, and their, their arms came around me. I said, okay, let's pray. So I started praying. But I said, Lord, I just thank you because you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. He's the only way to get to heaven, Lord. So I just preached him a sermon as I prayed. And it was just real simple. But I thought, how interesting because the whole world is looking for faith in something. But even the worldly people, these guys were worldly. After they heard I was a pastor, they kept cussing, going, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. Bleep, oh, I'm sorry. Blankety blank, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I, but they do that. That's what they do. But then they asked me to pray because they said, I'm look, they're thinking, they didn't say it, they're looking for someone with faith. 
That's so interesting to me. It touches my heart. And not just because I'm a pastor. When people hear you're a person of faith, get ready. Even if they make fun of you, hey, man, can you pray for me? (laughs) It'll happen. I like this. He says, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Faith, mm, it opens doors. Um, It's a good example for uh, as a believer, it's a good example of Christ-likeness. Man, it, it draws people to you. I'm telling you, people want to know that you believe in something. And did you know, even secretly, the ones who laugh and make fun of you, even secretly, many times they're rooting for you? They need a standard. I've heard people in the world that haven't served God, they rejected him. They may even claim to be an atheist, and they'll tell their Christian friends, hey, man, no, you've got to keep going, man you got to keep doing good, man. you got a good head on your shoulders, man. Hang in there, man. You're, come on, man. God knows how often I pray for you. The Apostle Paul was a man of prayer. He says, day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading what? The good news about his son. Man, did you know it doesn't have to be complicated for you to share your faith? You guys, I, I, don't, I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that this week you've had an opportunity to share your faith. The question is, did you share your faith? If not, you'll have another opportunity tomorrow and Sunday and next week. Someone will go, man, I have a lot of problems. Do you have any answers? They'll just set you up. Wide open layup. Uh, actually, yeah. And sometimes people go, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Invite them to church. Say, man, I'm going to pray for you. And pray for them there. It doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer and, and break down Hebrew and Greek words and Aramaic words. You could pray for someone and say, Lord, touch them. Lord, save them by the power of Jesus. Lord, heal them in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. It'll blow people away. The prayer of faith. It's not in length. It's in quality. Let's go on. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. Believers want to hang out together. That's why we're here tonight. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Growth is normal, and it's part of being a believer. You should always be growing, not stat. You shouldn't be stagnant. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Did you know your faith encourages me? Wednesday nights, there were times, man, I, I, I dragged myself in here, man, when I was going through some battles. And I would ask y'all for good news, and y'all didn't know it, man, but it helped me. People would go, oh, man, we paid off a bill. We, something happened. We got healed. Whatever. God did something. Man, it's encouraging to hear what God is doing. That's what, that's what we call testifying. It's just giving good news about something God has done in your life. He says, look at this. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit just as I have seen among other Gentiles. Let's stop there. What verse is that, Meha? Is that 13? Spiritual fruit. That's verse 13. Let's stop there. This chapter is going to get way more interesting um, next week. But why does God want spiritual fruit? Let's talk about it in the physical. Even the trees that get on your nerves, right? They bear fruit. You may have to clean it up. You don't eat it or it's blowing around. It's, birds are coming. But Fruit is an evidence of growth. Fruit is productivity. 
At some point, fruit makes a tree look better. It glows, and you give glory to God. You say, man, look at all the... I remember our pecan tree. We had a bumper crop this year. I believe we had, like, man, what was it? 60 pounds shelled? 65 pounds? That's all nuts, all pecans only from that tree because of all the rain last summer. It was something like that. I don't remember how much, but it was over 50. And I remember we, we were amazed when we saw the fruit on that tree. Said, fruit? Well, yeah, it's bearing fruit of some kind. It's pecans. That happens to be the production of that tree. And we were amazed. And I was amazed during windstorms when you could hear them hitting the roof. Wow, that's a fruitful tree. Wow, I hope it doesn't damage the, <laughs> the shingles, you know. But he says, I want to I see spiritual fruit in you. Why does God want that? Because... He's called you to growth. He's called you to be an example. He's called, when you bear fruit, did you know fruit does what? It feeds and satisfies. It's a good example. Did you know when Jesus walked up to a tree, even though he was out of season, and he, as God in, God in the flesh, he saw it, it was a fig tree, right? He was disappointed there was no fruit on it, and he cursed it. God's not excited about, no, about a fruitless life. You were called to be an example. You were called to bear something at some point. I remember years ago, and I'll close with this before we pray, and it's funnier in Spanish, but a guy told me, he said, man, I'm so sick of that car being on my lot. He told me one time. He said, it's just there. He said, it's, it's good for nothing. We haven't been able to take it out of here. He said, I'm thinking of putting chickens in it so at least it'll produce eggs. <laughs> man, it sounded funny in Spanish. Para que produzca. Because it was just there, just taking up space. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to work? What are you, what, what you going to do? God has called you to fruit and to fruitful living. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. His word is good. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We thank you because you are the God of the universe. You keep your word. And Scripture says, faithful is he that promised. If there is anyone at the sound of my voice who has never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of their life, please Raise your hand tonight. If you've already made a public confession of Jesus, we're going to pray for those on the live stream or listening to this recording hereafter so that they can accept Jesus and confess him like you have. Pray this prayer for me, even if it's not just for you. It's maybe for someone listening to this on the live stream. But pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I commit my life to you. I am sorry for my sin. Say, apart from Jesus... I'm a sinner. I can't do it without you. Please forgive me and cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I declare and I confess that Jesus is the Lord of the universe and the King of my life, my Savior. Save me, Lord. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again. So we could be victorious and go to heaven. Say, I believe in you, your salvation, and your promises. In Jesus' name.